The following audio was recorded during a meeting of the Department of Offense. It is not suitable for children, the easily offended, or anyone with actual taste. You have been warned. Jane Goodall motorboating a gorilla's floppy milk. I would make a lot of rectangles. I could never do squares right. We all had to put pants on this week because you're here. And now it's time for the Department of Offense. Welcome to episode 82 of the Department of Offense. That's right, it is not the Carlos and Eric show, you jackasses. <laughs> so what happened was it? Was you were eaten by snakes? I forgot what I said. I don't remember. He was investigating the meaning of Christmas or something. Yeah, oh. I was investigating. I did not find out what Christmas is all about. That's weird. But I did listen to the show. All I right. didn't think you guys thought I would, but I did. <laughs> <laughs> Last time we did that, you listened in live. I did. I did. I didn't have a chance to call in live this time. I don't think you guys did a live show. No, I did. You know, I, did, I didn't. You even did agree not to do to a open live. Up. Yeah. <laughs> so last week was not live. It was not, and I think it was recorded on a Sunday. It was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they did it, so I can't. I can't really fault them for that. Well, I didn't actually uh, sleep on what was it Friday, so it made it a little bit hard for me to do anything on do it on Saturday. Because I also didn't sleep on Saturday. <laughs> and I had to go to work, so. <laughs> <laughs> it would have just been the Carlo show. And he would have done really good for about five minutes. And the then Carlo you would have just heard show. his head hit the, hit the mic. And then just snoring. Yeah. <laughs> for another hour. That's what would what would I happen. feel like if we had the Carlo show, it should have the same sound as, you know, the Craig Ferguson show. At the end of the show, they have a little cat that shows up with a little heart and says, What did we learn on the show tonight, Craig? It could be like the Carlo no show. show. That sounds awesome. I want to watch the show now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no, really sad that what he's What would leaving. that be about, Carlos? What, the lesson that we learned? No, that your show. If we what made... would your show be about? If you had a show, why would people listen to it? I don't know. It probably wouldn't be a very good reason, whatever it would be. <laughs> just be babbling on What is your day. hook? Come on, Carlos. Pitch the show to me. I know you want it. Well, it's like a train wreck that they just can't <laughs> stop watching. They, there's a, they just, so, just drawn to it. All right. I'll give you two seasons and maybe a movie. I'll make the intro. Make it three seasons and we have a deal. All right. <laughs> but you actually have to make it. That's all right. I'm planning on day. two episode seasons. No, I'll make it a lot no. easier. <laughs> <laughs> Two episode seasons, five minutes a show. <laughs> Damn it, I only got a half hour out of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Carlos, what have you been doing this week? Uh, I've been Besides doing, ruining the show. Well, I've been doing a lot of reading this week. Okay. Uh, I'm drawing a blank on some of the How much books reading have you done? Uh, let's see. Mm-hmm. One of the books I read was... Uh, no master plan here. It's about a super villain book. It's pretty pretty entertaining. Like imagine like a person like with super intelligence, like the Iron Man or something. Okay, and he just uh, well, he gets uh, let's see, he's kind of political in the fact that he tried to kill uh, the president because he didn't because the president was pushing some sort of a uh, registration for people with superpowers. Darn president! So of course the obvious things. plan. The obvious thing to do is to try to kill the president. And Obviously, that makes sense. He ended up taking Senator out. and We do not support uh, killing the president on this show. It, no, we do no, not. No, we do not. We cannot. Uh, yeah, but it was uh, 
actually really entertaining because uh, besides the some of the, the he didn't he wasn't exactly really evil. Uh, he was just a little misguided at times, and he also had a badass uh, hideout that was a boat. Wait, his hideout was a boat? A giant uh, freighter that he just instead of like carrying all those like uh, I'm on a boat, motherfucker, on a boat. That he just had full of like all those experiments that he was doing. It was actually a really entertaining book. Uh, a better one I read this week was called uh, "Nice Dragons Finish Last," set in the future where where uh, magic came back. And uh, this dragon is sealed in a human form because his mother is threatening to eat him otherwise. Because uh, he kind of, uh, he's 25 years old and he was just hiding in his room trying to avoid his family and such. Is this a children's book? No, it was not. (laughs) You would think that the dragon It sounds like a children's book. Because he was constantly in fear of his uh, mom uh, deciding to eat him. Yeah, that sounds like the children's book, My Mom's a Monster, and I have it. It's really good art. Well, your mom's a monster? Yep. Holy shit, I thought your mom was really nice. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. What did she do? I don't know. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> nice Dragon's Finish Last was a pretty fun book because it just it dealt with uh, magic pretty well in the future, yeah. so... I'm sure I read some other things, but I'm just drawing a blank on that. So, yeah, do anything else besides reading? Just reading. I didn't really right. do much else. That's fine, Matt. What have you been up to this week? Uh, working. Working. Where are you working now? Emma's. Emma's and still. And Postmark Grill, Postmark my Grill. uncle's restaurant in Hudson, with amazing Italian food. Plug, plug, plug. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, we post, can, we can called, get advertising money. It's called money, Postmark. Right? That doesn't sound At like a very Italian puns. name. It's because it's the old post office in Hudson that's up on top of the hill by Vine Street. It's built out of the old post office. I should have sent my does brother have like there a, yesterday. Does Postmark have like an E after the mark? Maybe to make it sound like some... It, it's it it's a, a Postmark A? It yeah. might. I don't know for sure off the top of my head. It doesn't. I saw it on... Uh, on I was Googling things because my brother called me and he's like, hey, I need a nice restaurant yeah, to go should, to. Yeah, you should have been that one well i sent him to the nova oh that's really nice too. yeah uh and he because I, I saw it and i I, could, I was like i know matt's uncle has a restaurant down here but i couldn't remember what it was like if it was like a bar he also owned uh two pizzerias in amory and osceola i think and they're really good yeah wow he really likes italian food or fake italian food as pizzas yes what it's not real Italian. Food. Well, that's because. His but then, how come every time I see a pizzeria, it's a little uh, short Italian guy with a funny hat? It's because it's his, racist. His wife, his <laughs> wife's like mo- like Italian mobsters. That's his pa- her parents and stuff. They owned like uh, mozzarella places and stuff. Mozzarella. Mozzarella. Cool. Eric, what about you? What have you been up to? Oh, doing that work thing too, and playing a little bit of video games. I'm not very interesting, so. Damn it. Why are you so interested? I don't know. Oh, man. Fine. I will up the interest factor. Oh, it was my birthday on Monday. Happy birthday! (laughs) That's right. I forgot about that. Though I texted you. I went to Mama Maria's, and I saw Guardians of the Galaxy, and I worked all day. Guardians of the Galaxy was so good. Yes, it was fun. 
So good. People are saying, like, apparently there's reviews out there saying that it's a bad movie, and those people are so wrong. There's not very many yeah, of those. those reviews yeah, are horrible. But they shouldn't be allowed to review movies anymore. We should review their reviews and call their reviews horrible. <laughs> right? We'll find them and review them on the, it just, <laughs> on the it just show was, next week. So we should much... do that. That's actually a great idea. <laughs> we'll Who review reviews the reviews? the reviewers? Like honestly, it's the best, most fun I had in the movie theater this summer. It was, oh, it was it a blast. I want to see it again. I'm going to see it again before it leaves theaters because it was that good. And I will spend the ten bucks or whatever. Maybe I'll just go on a Tuesday. Yep, Tuesday's the day to seven. go. Don't go in 3D though because it was a waste of money. Yeah, the the 3D was eh. Yeah, there was nothing in it. No, I went. It was it just it was just to mention. Yep, they would have been fine in 2D. I saw it in 3D because that was the showing I was there for. Yeah, that was the last one that was of the day. So, no, Casey, you could just spend like $3 and just go in town. Uh, I like comfortable seats and floors that are clean. Yeah, I agree. That's why I went to. Except uh, I do like cheap popcorn. Yeah, but I still like comfortable seats and floors that are clean. Yeah, that's Fine. why I went to Rue Falls. I don't know. That floor was pretty dirty when we went in there. Yeah. And there was garbage in all really? the seats. Really? I went on a oh, I went on a Sunday in the middle of the day, so it was like spotless. Yeah, we were I was the, surprised. We were yeah. the nine forty five show. Oh the yeah, last then, then it gets pretty filthy. Yep. Uh, anyway, so besides that, this weekend I went to South Dakota to a family reunion. South Dakota. And I just just I'm gonna take a quick poll here. What time do you think bars should open in the morning? Uh 11. nine or ten. Six thirty AM. I'm going with the nine. Well, six thirty sounds good, but eight eight or nine is when like the Bloody Mary bars and stuff yes. open around here. We tr- we drove four hours from Alpena through Sioux Falls to uh, Dakota Dune, South Dakota. Could not find a bar that opened before eleven. Really? Oh. We wanted Bloody Marys. We were pissed. That sounds fantastic, Bloody Mary, right now. Right? Bloody Marys are so good. That, that's what I wanted last night. But <laughs> How come whenever I brought over the Bloody Marys to your guys' parties, you guys never drank any of because them? Because you always brought them over in the afternoon or something. That's right? when you're supposed to drink a Bloody Mary. No, in about? the morning. Bloody, uh, Bloody Marys are for breakfast. Since when have you ever brought a Bloody Mary over? Oh, there was numerous times. There I, was numerous times. I, I brought like a pitcher one time, and then I bought a like flask one time full of Bloody Mary mix. And no, I don't remember. I think you're making this up. No, I'm not. No, Carlos. Casey just, even knows yeah, it. I, I remember. Casey is misremembering. And we always started at like one in the afternoon, so that's like the perfect time to drink a Bloody Mary. But I had already switched to beer and liquor at that oh, point. Jeez. <laughs> well, that's why you put the you put more vodka in the right. Bloody Mary then. So, so anyway, so we we get to we get to Dakota Dunes, and well, and we it was after eleven, so we finally stopped somewhere for a Bloody Mary, just just out of principle at that point. But have you guys ever been to a planned community? Yeah, they are the worst thing. Aren't they creepy? It the sounds world. like a cult. It, it is. It's it, essentially a cult well, for pseudo rich people. The ho- the homeowners association is the cult. Yes, and they all have to join it to yeah. live in the planned community. And you all have to have your grass at three eight seven. Inch so it's high. like Troy Burns. Yeah. Yeah, except this one is its own entity, and it has its own like market and everything too. Yeah. Oh, it's it's weird. So I think there's one of those in Woodbury somewhere. Possibly, possibly. But so That's there creepy. is there is a bar, a singular bar in this planned community. They didn't plan very well, in my opinion. Well, uh, that closes. What time do you think this bar closes on a Saturday night? Probably. In a planned if it's community, bad, yeah. I'm going to go with uh, eight thirty, midnight, ten thirty. Wow, ten thirty. What? Well, no, I'm sorry. It closes at 10. We tried to go get a drink at 1030. Oh, wow. And then I go, uh, we're, we're staying at the hotel, and the bar is attached to the hotel. And I was that, like. That's the one bar? It's attached to Yeah, the- it's attached to the <laughs> hotel. So that. And it closes at 10. <laughs> this that's, is terrible. 
Where the fuck were you? Dakota Dune, South Dakota. Don't go. Ever. If somebody invites you, does, just... Does your, some of your family live there? My, aunt, my aunt and planned? uncle live there. Oh, uh, okay. And it's... Did it, you complain to him? I complained to the hotel. So okay. I, I went to the hotel and I'm like, hey... Because it was me and my brother and a couple of my cousins and we wanted to get a few drinks. And we're like, hey, you know, this bar's closed. Is there another one? No, no, just the one attached to the hotel here. And I'm like, yeah, but they're closed. Is there another one? She's like, no, this is a planned community. That's the only bar we have. And I'm like, well, that sucks. She's like, no, we, we like it that way. How do you like this? Do well, I know? don't like it that way. <laughs> Could you order with their room service? Nope. What? Yeah. What time did room service quit? I have no idea. Probably but six. Yeah. Jesus <laughs> right Christ. Right at dinner time. Right, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> they're just like, nope, we're done now. So we ended up going to the gas station across like across the street. There was a gas station that sold beer until 2 a.m. So we went and bought beer there and then drank it in front of the hotel out of spite. <laughs> we're like, you could be making this money right now, but no, you're not allowed. Yeah, that's kind of funny. It was terrible. Just absolutely atrocious. But... Silver lining, on the way back, I stopped at Toppling Goliath, which brings us back to this beer here in front of us. We have uh, Toppling Goliath's uh, Smooth Opferator. That's right, Opferator. Say that three times fast. I, like, the first, they, they, had, they no. had it up there, and I, I could barely read it, and I thought it just said Smooth Operator. And uh, you'll, you'll hear the interview, He'll, he talks about it. Uh, but I thought he said that, and I'm like, hang on, say that again? <laughs> Smooth Opferator. Huh. Uh, it's, it's their brown ale. Uh, for those of you guys who don't know, Toppling Goliath is based in Decorah, Iowa, it's, uh, which is a really nice town, by the way. Like, I kind of want to go camping there. Seems really cool. Um, it is American brown ale at 5.5%. It has a BA score of 89. Uh, so, what do you guys think? I like it. I enjoy this. It tastes like a beer, and it has the aftertaste of a beer. Man, it's, it's kind of fizzy like a beer. I'm pretty sure it's a beer. I think you might be right. I think you might be right. Eric? Got a good nutty flavor to it. A lot of... Um, With just a hint of chocolate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that's what it is. Just like that a little subtle bitterness, and it, it smells awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, great color to it, too. I like it. I would drink that. I it's a damn good a beer. Yeah. yeah, I wish I could drink more of it, but no. Work. <laughs> Matt, uh, I don't really like brown ales. Yeah, uh, what don't you like about brown ales? Too much flavor going on. Yeah, I like my standard. You like simple. I like the simples, unless you go with IPAs and stuff. I, I, I've grown to love those, but no, can't do the dark beers. Yeah, uh, though for like. I feel like this is a fairly light brown ale. Like it's not, it's not super heavy. This is something I could drink on a day like today when it's you know eighty five, ninety. The degrees. two I did like are the ones that we have on tap at Emma's, the Pearl Street. That one's the a Pearl nice. Street that's a good. nice light one, and then the creamy dark I enjoy a lot because it's not like heavier. It's yeah, more, that's it's, uh, I think that's like a Dunkel or something, something or, okay. a, or a yeah something like that. It's it's a dark lager. But otherwise, yeah, these ones, there's just too much flavor in them for me. I don't like them too much. Yeah, uh, I, I really like this beer. I tried this one, um, and I, I had to bring it back because it was the one I hadn't seen around here. Uh, though, we've we've tried their Pseudo Sue uh-huh. on the show. Love that. Love that That's one. Tasty. They have a beer that is better than Pseudo Sue. Yeah, they have a pale ale. It's called Lightspeed. And that That's beer a good name. was amazing. Well, before it was Lightspeed, it was called Millennium Falcon. Yeah. <laughs> 
But trade they had to change that for obvious reasons. But yeah, it was it's you it's still, amazing. You still should have it. picked up a case of pseudo sue. I should have. Well, we're gonna go back and then I'll buy one then. But uh, it's so much pseudo sue, and then I would have to hoard it and not let you have any. Right now, a sour beer sounds really good to me. Yeah, good old sours. All right. Well, I think that's all we really have to say about the beer guys. Uh, there, there will be more in the interview. That's right. We interviewed Mike. I didn't so. know that. You didn't know that I no. interviewed Mike? Yeah. Nice. Good yeah. job. Yeah, so that's that's going to be the second half of the show is the recorded interview. And so. I have a short show today. You do have a short show. You did such a good job I last did. week. I should, resor- I should reward myself. How about I reward you with a short show? <laughs> then I could get two rewards. How short was their show? No, their show was fine. They, oh, okay. they did they well, they didn't do a full hour. I think it was like forty five. Oh, minutes. okay. Yeah, it was about that. But it was just the two of us. So, it was yeah. just the two of them. So they understand they did okay. They were fine for the most part. Started running on a little bit toward the end. It's like <laughs> <laughs> All right, I need to wrap this up. Yeah, yeah, you do. It was fine. This now it's time for the Oh, I did it wrong. I wasn't ready. Bastard. I had the words wrong. <laughs> God, sometimes you're a cunt. Maybe next time. <laughs> All right. Dorset, Minnesota Mayor Bobby Tufts, age six, has lost his re-election to someone with more life experience. That's right. 16-year-old Eric Mueller is now mayor of Dorset. Bobby, <laughs> Bobby was elected in 2012 at the ripe old age of four. Uh, using the extremely fair fundraising election technique where each vote costs a dollar and the winner is drawn from a hat. That's right. There's no election rigging there, guys. (laughs) (laughs) What What the hell kind of Does the mayor get paid? No. Then that's bullshit. (laughs) That's a bullshit system. (laughs) No, if you got paid and, like, you could get your money back, yeah. Well, this was the one thing I would not think Carlos would be so passionate about. Wow. <laughs> the electoral <laughs> college system in Dorset where you could just, you can literally buy the election. Please, like, that's any different from most elections. <laughs> yeah, but this one's just forthright. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> At least they're not, you know, being shysters about it. They're well, the like, best hey, part is, is it's all dollar. drawn from a hat. So you could you could just spend a dollar and still win. I wonder if we can go there and pay a dollar to be in their next election. We should go no. run for no. mayor of Dorset, Minnesota. No. If you're going to be a We're mayor, we going to take everything we make this year and make me mayor <laughs> yeah. of Dorset, Minnesota. No, I'm going no, to stand by what I said. And then we can you have need... a fancy office to record yeah, our stuff in. Exactly. We can move to Dorset and because I'll be mayor. Why do you think that you're going to get an office that they don't even pay the mayor? Because they have to give me something. You have to at least have an office. Yeah, I have to have a mayoral office. No, it's just bullshit. At at least I can use it as a, we can use it as a uh, publicity stunt. No, it's not a mayor, it's a mayor in quotation marks. That's all you No, this this is totally mayor. No, it's not. Fine, I'll run for mayor of River Falls then. Go ahead. I'm starting my election campaign right now. I'll vote for you. Local listeners. Or I would vote for you if I did votes, but I don't do that. You're going to vote now because I need to become elected mayor. Of this of this glorious town, I'll think about it. And if I I think about it, I mean, no, I'm not going to start a grassroots campaign right now. Good luck. Uh, oh, Dorset has a population of 25. I figured that might be important here too. Still, huh. uh, the mayor position needs to be paid. So it's only 25 bucks to rig that entire election. Well, <laughs> no, I, I'm pretty sure the other 25 people might have money too. 
That's so, yeah. true. And they and they had a six year old mayor for a while, and they're still doing well. So, I guess. Well, I mean, he's he's retiring at the ripe old age of six. Do you think he's going to run again? You know, it's possible. I, I think I think he might. You know, maybe go play golf for a couple years. You know, yeah. um, have a little vacation, and he's going to have a back. few juice. Well, yeah, but I a couple. You know, well, I, I heard I heard that he kind of has a sugar problem, so oh, he no. might need to go to rehab. He might go to rehab, but I bet you he will come back at the ripe old age of ten. And just become a powerhouse in the political See, he's, system. I'm pretty sure he's going to go have a terrible. Get all uh, the ladies pregnant. Probably. He's going to have a short and terrible career of baseball before coming back. Who do you think would be a better mayor D-ball. of Toronto, Bobby or uh, oh god, what's fat his name? Guy. The fat guy, fat <laughs> the, guy the, that smokes crack. The, in the, the current basement. mayor of Toronto, <laughs> the one who's just insane but awesome. <laughs> he's so entertaining. I would say the little kid. I don't know. Because at least the little kid's not going to smoke eight gram rocks. No, but no, he's, but he's going to eat all of the graham crackers. Probably go on uh, and for <laughs> for, a, for a mayoral speech, go up there like with chocolate just smeared everywhere. Oh, well, instead of cocaine mustaches, that's probably okay. Probably the whole town is now sticky. <laughs> Damn kids! Uh, a group of Baltimore teens approached a forty-one-year-old man sitting near a baseball field in the park and demanded his cell phone. When the man refused, one of the kids produced a medieval mace and hit him upside the head with it, then took off. These must have been some wimpy kids because the man chased after them before calling the police and going to the hospital. The man suffered minor bruising and had puncture wounds under his uh, ear and jaw. That's just stupid. That doesn't make any sense. Well, see, they, they had a picture of a flail. On the picture, With but, the they, chain? but it yeah, but it right. says a mace, right. yeah. and I'm not sure which one infl- would inflect more. Or so inflect was it a more spiked damage, mace? Yeah, well, it, it was spiked. They said it was spiked, yeah. but still, you think you'd be able to at least do more damage than just dude. I I think catching a man off guard. I think I could kill a man with with one, with one, one, one hit one with a mace. Yeah. yeah, with a mace. Well, maybe like a real mace, but like if they just have some shitty mace that they got at a. Uh, if it's a yeah, metal it ball like with spikes on it attached to a stick. But if the end isn't, <laughs> if it's not very heavy on that spike end. I suppose. If it's like just like hollow aluminum. And if it's being carried by the kind of stupid kid that buys a mace. <laughs> you mean like Sean? Sean bought a mace. He did buy a mace. I forgot about that. <laughs> For the longest time, it was like in my closet space. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you had a mace in your closet, man? Yeah. It was Who po- does it? it I, I had to keep space around it because it was poking holes. It would poke holes and stuff. <laughs> that's, that's messed up. Because it, it had these little end things you're supposed to put on it for storage. So oh, it yeah. <laughs> but so it, didn't didn't, it, did, it didn't have all the end pieces. That's funny. Yeah, no, I, I feel like these kids really dropped the ball on I, killing I, this guy. I, I think so. I, I, I mean, wow. not that that guy deserved to die or anything. <laughs> but no. Dropped the ball. <laughs> I see what you did there. And then he uses his phone that they didn't steal to call the cops on him. Yes. I mean, if you... I don't know. There's been a lot of, like, medieval robberies this year. Yeah, this guy's been that, that one guy that... We, we've had a couple of guys, long like, sword. brandishing long yeah. swords. This is the first maze. But when's the lance or the pike going to come I was going to say, we need to go out there and rob a convenience store. So would you pike. say that the, there's been a, a renaissance of uh, uh, robberies? Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> Good one. That's why we keep it. Carlos around for those jokes. <laughs> God damn Speaking of Renfest, I'm excited. Dude, Renfest is going to be so good. Carlos could Renfest. care less. Carlos, I, Carlos doesn't know if he's year. going. I'm yeah, I know. He, had to t- he told us all about it. Yeah, it's the he, same every year. I would have taken the day off 
and play, sat at home and played video games. But the video game I want's not out for, till the week after. See, the whole so, point of going to the Renfest is because it's the same. I've every been there year. every yeah. year for the last couple years, and like you know, it's been the same. And I just don't feel like walking around all day and spending money. Well, fine. You'd just be a Debbie Downer anyway. Yeah. We'll have a great old time. That's well, fine with me. Job, I, I wish you guys the best of the fun. <laughs> but thank you, Carlos. I will be just fine at home in air conditioning. Nah, no, you won't. You'll be wishing you were there while we're munching on turkey. No, that's, that's no, not something. Don't the kind get the of... turkey legs. No, no. Why? That's a good way to get sick. Are they horrible? No, they're just. I don't know. I don't. I, don't I always trust, get one, but I. I don't trust them. I just don't like the bones because they are just bones everywhere in that thing. I love them. I don't know. I like those biscuits and gravy we get out there at one morning. I like Guinness, and then more Guinness. I like and the then mead. some more Guinness, and a little bit of mead for dessert, and then some more Guinness. I drink a lot of Guinness at the Renfest. Turn or, what, or what Grain Belt. Like? Grain Belt's also Grain good belt? at the Renfest because it's it it just goes down easy. Oh, and I then remember. we're gonna go to the Smoker. Oh, the Smoker. It's not called the Smoker anymore. It's called something new now. But because uh, they don't do the cigars anymore, they just do the beer and the apps. Oh, uh, okay. So because it's unhealthy. I think it got expensive. Like uh, the tobacco tax in Minnesota is kind of insane. That's true. Yeah. All right, a 15-year-old South Carolina boy is going to need some therapy after the other day. He was doing what 15-year-olds do while his mom and little sister were out of the house on Tuesday. Uh, When they got home, his sister Uh, turned on the living room TV, and porn started to play. Oh, no. His mother did the only reasonable thing and called 911. (laughs) (laughs) My son's watching porn! (laughs) No! Help me, he's been contacted by the devil! (laughs) (laughs) Police showed up, and the mother requested that a police report be written up that documented her son's lewd behavior and that her daughter had been exposed to pornography. What's the daughter? (laughs) Well, no, the daughter turned it on. The mom called 911. But I thought there was a son there, too. No, the the son was the the one who was watching it. The daughter is younger than the son, so she's probably only like eight or nine or something. But she's more pissed that her daughter saw the porn. Maybe. I don't know. That's what that last part sounded like. It's very possible. Um, uh, The police stated that no laws had technically been broken and that there was nothing they could do. After much protest, they allowed the mother to make a voluntary statement to the department detailing the incident. Which I'm sure they promptly threw in the trash can. I'm sure they did. That's the, what, what probably feeling the, sorry for the kid. Wasted resources. Right? Who the who the fuck is this lady? Like, She's what the hell? Obviously, a woman that can't handle her own family issues. Well, and here's the big thing: that kid is never going to be able to masturbate in peace again. Right? Making this big of a deal about it. <laughs> even even worse, can't trust his mom. Like, fuck. Holy balls! What do you expect? That's what fifteen-year-old well, boys do. The other thing is. Who still watches porn on DVD? Was it a TV channel? Well, I, I guess it was turned on. He, she, he turned on the TV. I was Probably assuming. Skinamax. Maybe, oh, okay. maybe they have maybe. a web TV. But still, the what? internet is there for a reason. What kind of 15-year-old didn't like change the channel or take the DVD out in the first yeah, place? That's 15. true. This guy did kind of bring it on himself. He, he didn't. The ball. He didn't cover his tracks very well. Bad. And in the living room, of all Craziness. places. Craziness. Like, I don't know. Just, poor guy, though. Feels so bad for him. It's kind of like Big Brother or something. Report anybody doing something suspicious. (laughs) Uh, British photographer David Slater is having some problems collecting royalties on his latest piece, a monkey selfie. 
Apparently, Slater had set up his equipment in Indonesia to try to capture images of crested black macaques, a type of monkey. One of the more curious monkeys grabbed a camera and ran off with it while snapping hundreds of photos. One of which is the selfie in question, which is a really nice picture of a monkey who looks like he's smiling. Like, it looks like a very intentional photograph. Uh, Slater put the images, uh, images on his site and later found the monkey pic on Wikipedia. Wikipedia refuses to pull the picture down, claiming that Slater doesn't own the copyright on it. The monkey does. <laughs> Not really how it works, I don't think. Uh, well, but good. it's it well it's it's opened up this big thing where like since monkeys can't own copyrights, uh, they're saying that nobody owns the copyright like it's it's public domain. That picture is well then you know elephants that paint pictures. Nobody should get the money from that. Yeah, but but uh, his his argument is he went out there with the equipment. Yeah. and set it all up and he has an it investment was his equipment. there. Yeah, it was his equipment that the monkey took the picture of. So the monkey was technically his assistant for the shoot. And so he owns the copyright on all the photos. Yep. And it's interesting. I, I, I agree with the photographer. I think I'm on his side. But that Wikipedia is like, nope, it's our picture now. They should have just taken How it How did down. it get up there? Well, they, they found it on his website, and they took it. I don't know why he didn't Oh, if they it. found it on the website, then yeah, that's totally his property. Yeah, but I don't know why he didn't watermark it. Like, he should have watermarked the hell out of that. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, a hospital in uh, Clermont-Ferrand, France, is opening a wine bar for terminally ill patients. The bar will be a place where they can enjoy a medically supervised glass or six with their families. Uh, Dr. Guastella, uh, head of the hospital, said that terminally ill patients have a right to enjoy themselves and nothing justifies prohibition. Which I agree. Uh, all right. Uh <laughs> Well, I mean, you can't just be talking about one thing that all of a sudden just say nothing justifies this. Well, like at at, at the at the moment, like alcohol is prohibited in in the in the hospital. Oh, all and right. so now they have a wine bar, so they can go get medically supervised. Yeah, I drunk. I understand now. I think right. that's yeah. fine. If you want to get drunk, get drunk. Well, especially if you're terminally ill. Yeah, they don't got much. What left. do you have to lose? What little dignity you had left. Probably not much at that point. Probably not. Your white uh, blood cells. Good news, everyone. Malaysia Airlines is tired of the of all the Where's Waldo jokes and the shame from having lost another plane to the Ukrainian pro-Russian militia. So on the seventh, they announced that they were going to that they were going to do a complete overhaul of the company and possibly do a rebranding. That makes sense, right? Because that's going to help. So I, I I came up with a few suggestions of names and slogans that should inspire more faith. In the company than Malaysian Airlines. Uh, number one for me is uh, Earhart Airlines. <laughs> we won't lose your plane. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got. Um, Putin Airlines, please don't shoot. Yeah, because the pro Russians. Yeah. yeah. You guys, you guys have any airline ideas? Well, I don't know. Uh, another one I had was fifty fifty air. Fifty percent of the time we get you there. A hundred percent of the time. Could uh, just go with, isn't it the Discoverer? Is that the one, that, or is it the Challenger? That the Challenger. <laughs> challenger Air. Trying, yeah, something knows. Let's to... take a, tra- a national tragedy. <laughs> How about uh, Lifeline Airlines? Do you have your insurance in order? <laughs> <laughs> Heaven Air. One-way tickets only. Huh. 
Uh, oh, Arrested Development is coming back to Netflix. Like, really? Yeah, uh, Will Arnett, uh, or Job, confirmed it during an interview with Jimmy Fallon on The Tonight Show. It is confirmed that Netflix will be doing another season. I didn't Whoa. think that that did that well. Yeah, I didn't think it so. It apparently either. did well enough where they're going to do another season. I suppose. they Because everybody enough, watched it. Yeah, they made enough money off of the other yeah, things. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see how this next one does, which everyone will watch again. Yeah. So it'll just be this cycle of... Whenever they get bored, yeah. they can make another one. Honestly, the, 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 the thing that really threw me was uh, DeRossi's face. She looks funny. She does. She got some work done. And it's not good work. Not good. Poor even DeRossi. a little bit. Just not not good. Oh, yeah. Isn't that... Uh, what's her name? Ellen? Yeah, she's Ellen's wife, right? Yeah. Yeah, Portia. Portia DeRossi. Or DeRossi or whatever it is. I, I forgot all about that. Did she have long hair in the new new series? Um, I think so. Yeah. Because I thought she cut it short with Ellen or something. It's possible. Kind of like. Yeah. No, I. Kind of like what's her face? Man, I don't remember. Robin. Uh, Robin, the one that's in a uh, House of Cards. She she shaved her. Oh, her that's right. Yeah. And she's still like, Robin Wright. Yep. She's she's a babe. Yeah, she is. All right, that's enough time dwelling on that. Um, all right, so we're going to go uh, to an interview with Mike Sabo, who is the brewing or the, the the brewmaster or brewer from Toppling Goliath. He's the one you can thank for all of the awesome recipes that they have there right now, like the Pseudo Sioux, uh, the Assassin series. We talk a little bit about that. Um, during the interview, it does get a little loud. We, uh, we were recording in the tap room, and we just had the Zoom on the table. So uh, I, I cut out most of the background noise, so you should be uh, okay. But if you need to turn it up, I apologize in advance. So here is that, and we'll be back afterwards. So what what's the story behind Top Wing How did you get it started? And- well, um, our owner, Clark, he started this tap room up in uh, 2009. And was using a, a Sabco system. Okay. And uh, him and uh, Nick Murphy, he was he was doing a lot of the, the small batches. Uh, at that time, it would have been pretty much 10 gallons a time uh, for there was beers like Dorothy's was being made, Tsunami Pale, Tsunami Dark. Uh, there was Murph's Irish Red, those named after Nick Murphy. And... Uh, that was those were kind of some of the, the core beers that began um, another one was was biter and that was one that was um, a local favorite and okay. then, um, and then eventually golden nugget came along um, and then I joined when the company was ready to make an expansion to a 10 barrel brew house okay and uh, so I got that going, and um, I guess the reason I came over here is um, I was given the opportunity to basically brew whatever beers that I wanted to. I mean, there was, there were still beers that uh, were core to the lineup that were going to need to be produced regardless. Yeah. And, um, obviously, Dorothy's is I mean, Dorothy's is our, our number one selling brand. Okay. Overall. Um, and so Dorothy's is one that we continue to do and Murph's Irish Red and Tsunami Pale and, and things like that um, but once once we got some of those batches in the tanks um, then I was kind of allowed to uh, 
dive more into some of the hoppier beers. Okay. Um, I was always inspired by places out on the West Coast. I had friends out in California that would send me growlers from uh, Alpine and Pizza Port yeah. and Russian River. So even in my younger years, I kind of grew up drinking those beers. And uh, other than trading for them, the only other option I had was brewing them for myself. Mm-hmm. So I spent many a weekend just working on on those types of beers. And uh, when finally the time was right to be able to produce those 10 barrels at a time, um, you know, they just started to take off. There was, there ended up being a lot of demand for those types of beers in in Iowa. Um, Iowa was, Iowa had plenty of IPAs that were available, but it was, there was a lot fewer options when it came to more of a, a West Coast style IPA, okay. um, and especially uh, you know Three Floyds. Uh, they were also another brewery that really uh, inspired me with hoppy beers mm-hmm. because they were doing a great job. Um, and they were in Iowa for a short time period, but then um, they had their own demand for product to deal with, and so they actually they had to pull out of Iowa. Okay. When they were in the state, there was a lot of demand for those hoppy beers. And so, um, yeah, I was able to start producing a lot of the hoppy what's the, beers. What's the beer scene like in Iowa? Is there is there a lot of one, or like the craft beer scene? Yeah, it's pretty big, especially today. Um, you know, a handful of years ago, it was it was around, mm-hmm. uh, but it was still in its growing period. It's probably still growing right now. Um, when I when I was down at school at University of Iowa, um, we had little tasting groups that we'd okay. get together, usually at least once a month, and so we'd bring in growlers and bottles from all over the place. And uh, there was a lot of people that were invited, but you know different people's uh, schedules never always worked out so you'd get a different mix of people not always the same but Mm -hmm. there there was a lot of people that were interested in craft beer so you could you could really see that it was it was there it existed um and it's it's really started to grow and become more mainstream i guess um there's a lot more craft beer festivals and uh I don't know. It's it's a nice thing to see. Awesome, awesome. So, what's your uh, background in brewing? Like, did you start out as a home brewer and then go to school for brewing, or I started out as a home brewer and I bought all the professional brewing books that I could, and I I studied those. Um, but also, there's there's no substitute for experience. I brewed over and over and over again. Uh, a lot of times, brewing very similar beers and just tweaking things a little bit here and there. Okay. And uh, so it was maybe a little bit more of a, a boring approach for for most people. Yeah. Uh, but for me, I just I really wanted to to know how certain ingredients worked. Um, I remember reading way back in the day, there was an interview with uh, Tommy Arthur, and uh, I think it was when he was still just working at Pizza Port, uh, 
Solana Beach, and uh, he was talking about some of the Belgian beers he was producing and the influence of all the different malts that he had in there. And uh, that was something that I really sat down and thought about is, well, he, he can describe all those things to me, but I'm never actually going to really know yeah. unless I try all that out myself. And uh, so it's really something I felt, you know, there's no, there's no shortcuts. Yeah. You have to get out there and, and do it and learn for yourself. Awesome. Very cool. Um, did you bring any of your homebrew recipes to the Tuckland Goliath? Or yeah, a lot of the beers are, are based um, based off of those beers, okay. um, especially the, the Imperial Stouts and and the hoppy beers. Um, the Imperial Stouts, those were something I, I spent a lot of time with. Um, you know, early inspiration would be coming out of Chicago area um, from Three Floyd's Dark Lord and, uh, and Bourbon County Stout. Okay. I, I really liked those beers, especially back in the day. Yeah. And uh, so I just... I tried those beers. There's aspects that I really liked out of them, and I just kind of continued to work on something that fit my taste buds. It's not really cloning those beers because they're they're different. Uh, they've got their own things going yeah. on, but there was definitely inspiration that was that was gathered out of those beers. Um, as far as the happy beers, yeah. Um, I was really excited about Citra Hops when they first became available. Um, and so I called up as many hop suppliers as I could. Um, even back when I was homebrewing, just trying yeah. to get a hold of them. Because at the very beginning, Sierra Nevada pretty much had a lock on, on all the Citra Hops. But as soon as I could get some to toy around with, um, I did that. And that was kind of the beginnings of pseudo sue citra hop pale ale and uh it's really that's that's been a hop that's taken off for a lot of breweries yeah We've had a lot of are you having any issues getting like those hops like with hop contracts and stuff like that just because of the popularity or not really it's not really a big issue for us okay. because as soon as i had the opportunity to contract them for toppling goliath I did, and those hops are contracted out to years in the future. Anybody that would be starting up right now, they'd probably see some difficulty getting some of those hops. Okay. But, no, we're pretty well set. Awesome. Um, so, my buddy was telling me about Assassin's Yours, guys, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, what can you tell me about that? Like, that's your imperial that you're uh, doing, like, special releases on, right? Yes. Yeah, we actually just released that yesterday. Yeah, I got a text message. He's like, you need to come to the release. I'm like, I, I can't. I'm not. <laughs> so that one, that's a big uh, Russian imperial stout base. Um in the past, it had been done with uh, the, the first year that it was released. It was uh, aged in Templeton rye barrels, okay. and uh, there was also coffee that was used in it. Uh, the past two releases, there hasn't been coffee in the Assassin, and it's been aged in bourbon barrels. Okay. Uh, last year's it was in uh, Elijah Craig barrels, 
and this year's release is all aged in Van Winkle barrels. Okay. Um, it's it's pretty straightforward. It's just it's a big, bold imperial stout, um, and usually it gets aged for about sixteen months in the barrels. Oh wow. Um, and then there's there's also Morning Delight and Kentucky Brunch. Those are two other Imperial Stouts. Um, and those ones have uh, maple and coffee in them. Okay. So they're they're more of like a breakfast in a glass type of beer. Uh, Morning Delight is, I guess, kind of the... The normal version of that. Okay. And uh, Kentucky Brunch is barrel aged to barrel and delight. So, so yeah, out of those beers, you get a lot of a lot of maple and coffee along with uh, everything else. And those beers have a, a similar base to Assassin. Okay. But they do dive off in a different direction. Awesome. Are you do you like doing the barrel aged stuff? Is that something you want to expand? I, I love the barrel aging um, because I'm a big bourbon and rye whiskey drinker myself. Nothing more fun. But as far as expanding it, I don't really want that to get too huge. Okay. Um, I sometimes see difficulty in, uh, in being able to uh, really be able to monitor everything that you need to if it does get too large. Um, maybe at some point in the future we would have uh, the appropriate resources to expand it, but um, expanding it is not my number one goal. <laughs> it would be it'd be more just to be able to uh, grow it organically and be able to uh, maintain the flavor profiles that make people happy. Yeah. Uh, so you're on a 10-barrel uh, system right now, right? Right now, we're on a 10-barrel and a 30-barrel system. Oh, and a 30-barrel. The 30-barrel, uh, we just started running that pretty hard uh, within the past few months. Oh, wow. So we have those those two systems uh, sitting almost side by side uh, because we have we have a mixture of tank sizes. We have 10 barrel, 15, 20, and 30 barrel size okay. tanks right now. Um, so we really we really have the opportunity to do all sorts of types of different beers and different batch sizes. Um, and for now, we just decided we really wanted to uh, to keep the 10 barrel. Uh, we were um, everybody that works there, we're all very uh, used to being around the 10 barrel and mm-hmm. everybody knows kind of what to do in a day. Um, but now the, the 30 barrel, that's kicking off pretty strong. And uh, Are you running them both simultaneously then? Yeah, I mean, we're not necessarily doing a 30-barrel batch and a 10-barrel batch on the same day. Yeah. Uh, we probably will do something like that, uh, but but right now it might be something where uh, Tuesday we'll run the 10-barrel, Wednesday we'll run the 30, and then... Thursday we'll go back to the ten barrel. It just it all depends on which tanks are available and open to fill up. Because um, you know we're not gonna we're not gonna fire up the thirty barrel to uh, to fill up a ten or a fifteen barrel tank. So that's just kind of how that works. What's your distribution range right now? Uh, we're throughout a portion of Iowa and a portion of Wisconsin. Okay. Mainly in the larger cities. Uh, we do 
we do cover our four county area in northeast Iowa pretty well. Other than that, we tend to hit up more of the major cities. And we haven't really gotten too far out in western Iowa. Um, out in western Iowa, we have a distributor that takes care of uh, the Mason City area. Okay. So I'm not I'm not for sure how far out west we actually really get. But yeah. At least as far as Mason City. Uh, we do get down to Des Moines area in Iowa okay. City. Uh, that's about as far out in Iowa as we get. And in Wisconsin, we hit up uh, La Crosse and Madison area, mm-hmm. and we also make deliveries to Hudson, Wisconsin. Yeah, that's uh, Casanova. That's where, that's where I had Pseudo Sue for the first time. Okay. Yeah, yeah um, there's occasional deliveries that make it out to Milwaukee area, but that's very few and far between. So yeah, it's it's kind of spotty, but um, it's we're keeping things in an area that we can handle ourselves, yeah. and uh, we're just kind of doing that for now, I guess. Okay. Uh, do you like what's your what? How many barrels are you doing a year? Last year, it was around twenty five, twenty six hundred barrels. <laughs> This year will probably be 4,500 plus barrels. Oh, wow. So essentially doubling it. Uh-huh. At least. It's, it's been helpful to be able to have the uh, the 30 barrel system yeah. up and running. Um, because previously, if we were if we were to brew three batches of beer in a day, we would have to do that on the 10 barrel. Well, that only fills up one 30 barrel tank. Yeah. Whereas now, if we do two or three batches in a day, we can fill up two or three 30 barrel tanks, and that really helps us be able to try and keep up with uh, with demand. Uh, it's still been a struggle. We're still limited by fermentation capacity, but. Uh, but we're working Are you guys on adding more fermenters, or is it is it a space issue? Uh, it's not a space issue. We do have the space the space out at the brewery. Uh, we're just we're working on adding more tanks okay. and uh, just trying to figure out the logistics of uh, what tank size we want to get get into next. Oh, okay. If we want to stick with thirties, or if we're going to get into sixty barrel or ninety barrel. Um, and just kind of how the, the planning of all that will work out. Okay. Very cool. Uh, yeah, that's... So, what, how many barrels do you have? Like, going back to the barrel program, like, what's the size of your barrels now? Like... Well, uh, let's see. At our maximum, we probably had 28 barrels okay. in-house. Um and we had a little bit of space for for more, but we didn't have the, the beer to fill up those barrels. Okay. Um, yeah, right now it's a lot less because we just got done emptying some of those barrels. So it's kind of a... Uh, An in-between. Yeah, it's a matter of uh, brewing those, those beers, uh, the base beers back up, and then uh, getting the barrels in-house and... Will you just use a barrel once, or will you use it multiple times? Yeah, we usually just use a barrel once. Okay. Uh, That's kind of when you get your maximum character out of it. Uh, Some breweries do have success using them twice. Um, We may toy around with that just to see, just for comparison's sake, to see the difference in uh, the character of the beer. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. 
but it's it's always kind of a riskier endeavor filling up a barrel twice. Yeah. So I think I think for the most part we'll stick with one and done. So what's your favorite beer right now that you guys are making? Like if you had to choose one. Um if it was just a regular day, I'd probably say uh King Sue or Sosis. Um but on a special occasion, uh, I really like drinking Kentucky brunch. Um, but that's that's really more of a special occasion here. It's uh, it's a really long process to brew to brew that beer, not just the barrel aging. The actual brew day is uh, a very intensive day. Um, so I guess that's that's kind of my answer for that. Um, but it, it really just depends on the day of the week. Typically, I'll go for a happy beer uh, most days of the week, uh, but it, it changes day to day okay. for me. Awesome. Um, what like what kind of new stuff are you working on? Are you working on releasing anything new? Or? Yeah, there's there's other beers that are that are in the works. Um, but I would say we're quite a ways off from any of those. Um, we're just really trying to work through being able to keep up with yeah. some of the core brands. I mean, even uh, even some of the brands that we didn't make as often, they're kind of just on the back burner right now mm-hmm. even. Um, we were finally able to do another batch of, uh, of Lightspeed, okay. which used to be called Millennium Falcon. Um, but there's beers like that, um, and other single hot beers what, uh, that we used to what do. What can you tell me about Lightspeed? What is Lightspeed? Lightspeed is a pale ale, and it's brewed with uh, Millennium and Falconer's Flight Hops. Okay. Um, Millennium Falcon's a great name for that beer. <laughs> yeah, we, we uh, it's, it's the natural name for it. Uh, <laughs> But since we were getting into bottling that beer, oh. we just kind of decided we didn't want to we didn't want to push that deal with the copyright so, issues. And so we just we came up with another name that was along those lines and uh, moved forward with it that way. But there's there's a lot of other beers that we try to produce um, when we have the time to do that. Okay. Uh, Lightspeed is one of those. Uh, we try to make a beer, Zealander, fairly regularly. And what's Zealander? Um, Zealander is a Nelson Sauvin hopped IPA. Uh, we also do some beers with, uh, with Galaxy hops. Okay. Um, you know, Sosis and King Sue, they're fun to do, but again, those are ones that we just, we've been having trouble having the tank space and yeah. time to be able to fit those beers in. So, won't be a whole lot of new new so stuff coming out. To get the other stuff into other markets. But well. I would say first would be the return of more uh, old favorites, so it's Okay, say. awesome, very cool. Um, so are you guys having trouble keeping up with the current market, or are you looking to expand it all? No, we can't really expand the market right now. Okay. Um, yeah, we have a lot of issue being able to keep up with, especially draft accounts. Oh, okay. Um, as soon as we get kegs back from the draft accounts, we're washing those kegs up and trying desperately to get them refilled and uh, reload, reload all those accounts uh, with keg beer. It's it's really been kind of a, a nightmare lately, but 
I don't know, but it seems to like a good problem to have almost, you know, you can't, you can hardly keep up with the demand, that's good, right? Yeah, a lot of people say that, it's, it is it is a good program, or a good problem to have, uh, but it's, but it has to suck, too. but it is a stressful problem, nonetheless, so, yeah. oh yeah, um, what's your guys' brew schedule like, are you doing, like, five days a week, three days a week? No, it's not usually five days a week. Uh, this this very last week we did four days. Okay. Um, and so that was a, that was a pretty busy week for us um, because there's still there's just a handful of us that that we have to handle um, transferring all the beer, cleaning the kegs, kegging up the beer. Uh, when we can when we can bottle, we try to do that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's. Uh, it really just depends. As soon as we transfer a beer out of a tank, we get that tank cleaned up. Basically brewing any kind of tank. And then we're refilling that tank okay. as soon as we can. So, um, yeah. So, your, what was it? The Dorothy's is a lager. What's your lagering time then? Like, what's your turnaround time on a lager versus something like, you know, Pseudo Sue or. Pseudo Sue um, and most of the hoppy beers, they're. They're more around a, a three-week timetable, and something like uh, Dorothy's, that'd be four-plus weeks usually. Okay. Yeah. Um, but any time that we have the the opportunity to to let Dorothy's mature in the bright tank, um, we do that. Okay. And yeah, if we can if we can get six to eight weeks out of Dorothy's, that's that's kind of a luxury for us. Yeah. That's what we try to accomplish. Yeah, I know a lot of brewers talk about not doing longer just because of the tank space issue. Mm-hmm. And it ties it up so long. So are you guys going to not do any more lockers until you have more time? or? Yeah, I, I definitely don't see expanding uh, the lager selection not anytime soon. No Oktoberfest or anything like that in the near yeah, future? Yeah, unfortunately not, not in the near future. Um, one of the luxuries that we do have is we do have space in our cooler and we do have additional bright tanks so that when a beer like Dorothy's gets done, we have that tank space in the cooler to okay. try to let it mature. Awesome. So then it, the big thing is keeping up with the accounts when they need yeah. when they need the beer. Like we always make sure we have a decent supply of it that's a minimum of four weeks old or Okay. Or better if we can. Um, and if we have enough uh, fermentation capacity to get extra Dorothy's done with fermentation and fill up as many uh, maturation tanks as we can, then that's what we do. Awesome. Do you guys do any like taproom exclusive stuff or don't have time for it? Some things remain to be fairly uh, taproom exclusive. Um, the last batch of King Sue we did that only went out to a couple accounts. Um, it just it sold out so quick in the tap room. So there's there's not a whole lot that we necessarily try to make tap room exclusive, but some things end up end up being, being tap room exclusive. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, I think that's really all I had uh, for you. If you if there's anything you want to plug or anything like that, feel free and. Anything you want to talk about that I didn't touch on? No, I can't really think of anything right now. Thanks for the time, man. Yeah, you bet. Appreciate it. 
What an interview that was, guys. That was oh, awesome. that was great. Cool. Right? It was like we skipped right over it. <laughs> how did you How did you go about getting that interview? Uh, I emailed him and said, oh, nice. I was like, hey, I'm going to be in uh, in the area. Would you mind doing a sit-down Sunday afternoon? We set up a time. I showed up. Yeah, it was a good time. I actually got uh, got his name from Eric Wood. I don't know. Uh, Miles' friend, Eric. Oh, okay. Yep. So just a shout-out to Eric there. Uh, yeah, no... Great guy, just really fun. After the interview, we ended up sitting around just talking for another hour or so, cool, just hanging out and shooting the shit. So, really good guy. I'm hoping to get out there again and talk to him soon. All right, um, hey, man, this thing is awesome. I made this little, uh, I guess, soundboard app that connects to this thing that I'm using as a soundboard, so I don't have to turn around. It makes things so much easier. Just click a button. Buttons are fun. Buttons are awesome. Except when they're not. <laughs> All right, Carlos. If people really enjoy that interview and the show, how can they support us? Well, there's this thing called Patreon that, you know, gives us money. That sounds awesome. What is Patreon? Well, it involves uh, you going to the Patreon site, which is the Blind Ninja Studios at Patreon or something it's like that. Patreon.com slash Blind Ninja Studios. Of course. That's or they can find it on our uh, homepage. At, at the BlindNinjaStudios.com. At BlindNinjaStudios.com. At the bottom of the homepage, there's a Become a Patron Today link at the bottom of the page. And you can spend as low as a dollar a month to help support our programs. Yeah. Well, uh, and you get nifty rewards for uh, the more the more you spend, the better rewards you get. Also gives you a good feeling in your heart. It does. The best feeling knowing that you're helping us. What is the other way people can support us? Well, we have an Amazon affiliates link. And how does that work? Well, you click on the link and it'll just bring you right to Amazon. Where's the link? On our uh, webpage at the blindindustudios.com webpage. Okay. But you follow the link to Amazon, you make some purchases, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. But we get a small cut of of, uh, what you spent, and Amazon will just give it to us and... You know, it helps us uh, run our studio. All right, awesome. Well, if you have any feedback on this show or any of our other shows, go ahead and send us an email at feedback at blindinterstudios.com. You can find us at Facebook at facebook.com slash blindinterstudios. You can follow us on Twitter at blind underscore ninja. And I'll see you guys next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.